Chapter Seventeen of Among the Trees at Elmridge. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ruth Golding. Among the Trees at Elmridge by Ella Rodman Church. Chapter Seventeen: Some Beautiful Trees, the Chestnut and Horse Chestnut the nearest trees to the tent and standing just back of it were two magnificent chestnuts now in full leaf beauty and miss harson and her little flock stood admiring their majestic size and beautiful colour these are the handsomest trees yet said malcolm i almost think so myself replied his governess gazing up into the rich green depths and i wish you particularly to notice these radiated or star-like tufts of foliage the leaves you see are long lengthened to a tapering point serrated or notched like a saw at the edge and of a bright and nearly pure green though arranged alternately like those of the beech on the recent branches they are clustered in stars containing from five to seven leaves on the fruitful branches that grow out from the perfected wood now stand off a little and see how the foliage seems to be all in tufts each composed of several long pointed leaves drooping from the centre the immense too with their light silvery green tint glisten beautifully on the darker leaves how high do you think these trees are miss harson asked clara it makes me dizzy to look up to the top they can be scarcely less than ninety feet was the reply and they are very fine specimens of the family but the great chestnut which is the only tree in the field on the left of the house is broader it spreads out like an apple tree because it has abundance of room and it is nearly as broad as it is high and aren't its chestnuts just splendid exclaimed malcolm the biggest we find anywhere the bark you see continued his governess is very dark coloured hard and rugged with long deep clefts in smaller and younger trees it is smooth i suppose i need not tell you that the fruit is within a burr covered with sharp stiff bristles which are not handled with impunity it opens by four valves more than halfway down when ripe and contains the nuts from one to three in number in a downy cup these green burrs are very ornamental to the tree and when they are ripe the green takes on a yellow tinge you didn't say anything about the cunning little tails of the nuts miss harson said edith in a disappointed tone i think they're the prettiest part and they stick up in the burr like little mice tails well dear was the smiling reply you have told us about them and i think you have given a very good description that is just what they always reminded me of when i was about your age little mice tails edith looked pleased and shy and she did not mind malcolm's laughing at her little tales because miss harson used to think the same as she did about them this beautiful tree came from asia and it belongs to the castania family 
the greeks having given it that name from a town in pontus where they obtained it it was transplanted into the north and west and is now found in most temperate regions the wood of the chestnut is very valuable as it is strong elastic and durable and is often used as a substitute for oak and pine it makes very beautiful furniture what kind of chestnuts asked clara are those great big ones like horse chestnuts that they have in some of the stores are they good to eat yes replied miss harson they are particularly good and many people in the southern countries of europe almost live on them they are three or four times larger than our nuts these spanish and italian chestnuts and they are eaten instead of bread and potatoes by the peasantry of spain and italy the spanish chestnut is one of the most stately of european trees and sometimes it is found growing in our own country but never in the woods it is carefully planted and cultivated as an ornamental tree for private grounds and now added the young lady as we have sufficiently examined our american chestnut trees and it is rather damp and cool to-day for tent life suppose we return to the house and get better acquainted with the foreign chestnuts edith asked if there was to be a story but she did not complain when miss harson thought not only an account of a very large tree for the children always felt quite sure that there would be something which they would like to hear the evening was damp and clara said that the schoolroom looked like a mixture of summer and winter the fire was both pleasant and comfortable but there were lilacs and tulips and hyacinths and plenty of wild flowers in vases and baskets the leaves were all out on the trees by the windows and the grass was like velvet one of the largest trees in the world if not the largest said miss harson is a chestnut tree on the side of mount etna in sicily which abounds with chestnut trees of giant proportions and remarkable beauty it is called the chestnut tree of a hundred horses and this title is said to have originated in a report that a queen of aragon once took shelter under its branches attended by her principal nobility all of whom found refuge from a violent storm under the spreading boughs of the tree at one time it was supposed that the tree really consisted of a clump of several united but this is not the case for on digging away the earth the root was found entire and at no great depth five enormous branches rise from the trunk the outside surface of each being covered with bark while on the inside is none the verdure and the support of the tree thus depend on the outer bark alone the intervals between the branches are of various extent one of them being sufficient to allow two carriages to drive abreast in the middle cavity or what is called the hollow of the tree a hut has been built for the use of persons employed in collecting and preserving the fruit they dry the chestnuts in an oven and then make them into various conserves for sale a whole caravan of men and animals were once accommodated in the enclosure and also a flock of sheep folded there the age of this prodigious tree must be very great indeed 
it belongs to the tribe which bears sweet or edible chestnuts that form an agreeable article of food the foliage is rich shadowy and beautiful the wood of the chestnut is much used in england for hop poles and old houses in london are floored or wainscoted with it the beautiful roof of westminster abbey is made of chestnut wood there are magnificent forests of spanish chestnuts in the apennines and it was the favourite tree of the great painter salvator rosa who spent much time studying the beautiful play of light and shade on its foliage the peasants make a gala time of gathering and preparing the nuts a traveller having penetrated the extensive forest which covers the vallombrosan apennines for nearly five miles came unexpectedly upon those festive scenes which are not unfrequent among the chestnut range it was a holiday and a group of peasants dressed in the gay and picturesque attire of the neighbourhood of the arno were dancing in an open and level space covered with smooth turf and surrounded with magnificent chestnuts while the inmost recesses of the forest resounded with their mirth and minstrelsy some beat down the chestnuts with sticks and filled baskets with them which they emptied from time to time others stretched listlessly upon the turf picked out the contents of the bristling capsules in which the kernels were entrenched for these when newly gathered are sweet and nutritious others again and especially young peasant girls pelted their companions with the fruit like snowballing said malcolm only the prickers must have stung what grand times they had with their chestnutting these gay thoughtless people replied his governess almost live in the open air and enjoy the present moment it is not easy to tell what they would do without these bountiful chestnut harvests for their principal article of food is a thick porridge called polenta which they make from the ground nuts in france a kind of cake is made from the same material and the chestnuts are prepared by drying them in smoke another dish is like mashed potatoes and large quantities are exported in the shape of sweetmeats made by dipping them after boiling into clarified sugar and drying them miss hawson asked clara why are horse chestnuts called horse chestnuts do horses like em not usually was the reply the nuts are sometimes ground and given to horses but as sheep deer and other cattle eat them in their natural state it would seem more reasonable to name them after some of those animals if that was the reason it is likely that because they look like chestnuts but are much larger they were called horse chestnuts the tree is not in any respect a chestnut and when it was first planted in england some centuries ago it was called a rare foreign tree and was much admired it is supposed to have come from india the large nuts are like chestnuts in appearance except edith that they have no cunning little tails in the month of may there is not a more beautiful tree to be found than the horse chestnut 
with its large, deeply cut leaves of a bright green colour, and its long tapering spikes of variegated flowers which turn upward from the dense foliage. The tree at this time has been compared to a huge chandelier, and the erect blossoms to so many wax lights. The bitter nuts ripen early in the autumn and fall from the tree, but long before this the beautiful foliage has turned rusty in our northern states and is no longer ornamental the overshadowing branches which give such a pleasant shade in summer early in autumn begin to show the ravages of the insects or the natural decay of the leaves then said malcolm it isn't a nice tree to have and i'm glad that there are elms here instead i should like to have some of all the trees replied clara because then we could study about them better wouldn't you miss harson i think so said her governess if they were not undesirable to have as some trees are if it were always may i should want horse chestnut trees for i think there is scarcely anything so pretty as those fresh leaves and blossoms the branches too begin low down and that gives the tree a generous spreading look which is very attractive in the way of shade in more southern states they have a longer season of beauty than those in the north do people ever eat the horse chestnut asked edith not often dear it is too bitter but an old writer who lived in the days when it was first seen in england says that he planted it in his orchard as a fruit tree between his mulberry and his walnut and that he roasted the chestnuts and ate them it is like the bitternut hickory which even boys will not eat i should think that somebody or something ought to eat it said clara thoughtfully it seems like such a waste everyone laughed at her wise air and she was asked if she intended to set the example she was not quite ready though to do that and miss harson continued a naturalist once took from the tree a tiny flower-bud and proceeded to dissect it after the external covering which consisted of seventeen scales he came upon the down which protects the flower on removing this he could perceive four branchlets surrounding the spike of flowers and the flowers themselves though so minute were as distinct as possible and he could not only count their number but discern the stamens and even the pollen oh exclaimed the children how very curious yes replied their governess it shows how perfect and wonderful from the beginning are all the works of god end of chapter 17